0: Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode, my guest is Guardian food writer and author Felicity Cloak and her dog, Wilf. We talk about the feels of having a fixed-term contract and whether that makes you a freelance fraud, as well as testing recipes for a living, which Felicity does a lot, and we delve into the joys and positives of Instagram as a freelancer. Felicity shares about the time she had chicken pox and didn't want to call in sick for fear of losing out on work, to how cycling for her new book, One More Croissant for the Road, can often clear her head and help her get out of an inspiration rut. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. I'm very excited to be here with Felicity Cloak. Welcome. Thank you. First things first, biscuits. We have ginger nuts. Um, Can you tell me why you like ginger nuts as your biscuit of choice for our freelance tea break?
1: I like the fact that they're gingery, mm-hmm. for a start, because I like a little bit of spice. And I also like the fact that they're sort of, they're crunchy and they're robust enough to dunk without you having to be too precise about your dunking time. No. Um, and they also feel, because they're quite plain, they feel spuriously like you haven't really eaten a biscuit, so you can maybe have <laughs> another
0: two or three. And slightly in honour of the other person who's in the room with us, in the interests of disclosure, is Wolf the dog, <laughs> who's gone underneath um, the fireplace he's in his
1: little den in, in the fireplace he out. is also a ginger nut yeah so obviously That's he's not me. going to have a biscuit even though he will probably wake up when we start crunching them but yes a little homage to wealth.
0: brilliant so tell me about your freelance what what is your freelance what does freelance mean to you and what is the freelance work that you do
1: so i feel in quite a in quite a fortunate position being freelance because sometimes I, sometimes I feel a bit of a fraud because i have a i've had a weekly column for the last 10 years for the Guardian mm-hmm. um, so I'm a freelance journalist but actually I've got a regular income mm-hmm. so you know when I people say oh gosh that's so brave being freelance I, f- I feel a little bit like well it isn't really you know I, I, I could live on just of that income but I mean it it's not large, so um, I do that. I also do a monthly column for the New Statesman, both food columns, and then I tend to pick up other stuff like a little bit of sort of sponsored content or commercial stuff, bits for food magazines, and then I also write books. Ooh, so going the odd the odd book deal the yeah? odd book. <laughs> so I've got my fingers in a few a few pies, and I like the variety of it. Mm. And actually, I love being freelance, but I'm aware cool. that I. I have a little bit of a different experience at this point in time. I'm also aware that columns don't last forever. Mm, I was
0: going to say that, though. It's like, people probably think, oh, it's all right for you. Mm. You've got a regular gig. But Mm.
1: as we both know, I'm sure
0: regular gigs can come and go.
1: You know, I do live in fear. Because this has been Mm. my, the Guardian column has been my life. Well, i mean not my life but to some degree my life cause it does take up a lot of time and it's what most people know me for for the last decade and you know that's been a structure of my work and even if you're employed i think it would be quite rare to be in the same role for 10 years mm, and true. so yeah. it does that does feel a bit scary that at some point they will want to refresh things and i'll need to come up with another good idea so <laughs> you will have things bubbling away that you're thinking oh if they did call me in for a meeting <laughs> <laughs> I've got this idea. No, it, whenever I go for a sort of a, a review, a meeting uh, with my boss, I do think I should really have another great idea on the back burner. But as yet, that is my thoughts on the subject. I should have a great idea that great idea hasn't yet bubbled to the surface hopefully it will at some mm. point but um, I'm still waiting
0: <laughs> cool no I think I think what you're doing though is brilliant because it's like you if anyone follows Felicity on Instagram you will notice all of the cooking that she does and it's like a lot of your life is testing recipes isn't it yeah so you spend a lot of your time and we're sitting in Felicity's flat now and it smells of really lovely cooking stew because she's <laughs> testing out some some stews can I say what kind of stews you're testing you is can it secret? yeah scouse. And doing a, scouse so mm.
1: I'm sure that's what every freelancer is doing on a Tuesday afternoon, is cooking up three different lots of scouse. Um, it would be more, but I run out of potatoes. Um, so, yeah, I test lots of different uh, people's recipes for the same dish, and then I come up with the perfect version, alleged. But it does take up a lot of time, not only mm. in the cooking, but um, in research and also the shopping for it. It's yes. quite a big deal, because yesterday I'm also doing a Nazi goreng recipe, had to go down to Chinatown to go and find a specific Indonesian shrimp paste. Um, And then today I went to the butcher, took the dog to the butcher. And so that's like an hour's trip Mm. just because, I mean, it would have been faster, I admit, if the dog hadn't been with me. (laughs) Uh, He likes to linger in the butchers. But it does. That's a huge part of the job. And actually the writing is a relatively short bit of Of that particular Mm. column which is interesting so I don't spend most of my time writing actually which I suppose is unusual like with any job when it is your job it tends to be you know there tends to be a little bit of an element of oh god I've got to do that Mm. and sometimes when I tell people I've got to spend a day testing 25 different chocolate chip cookies people are like that's what I do with my weekends, that's amazing, <laughs> you're so lucky. And I have to go, yes, actually, I am so lucky. But there is sometimes when you've got to make sort of five different Scouse recipes against the deadline mm. and, you know, it's baking hot. It's not today, but sometimes these these things think, happen. Yeah, of course. And you're like, actually, the last thing I want to do is, is, is do all of this cooking. But I think what I do particularly like about it, especially once I remember that I'm incredibly lucky to be doing this, is the fact that it breaks up the the mental work with the manual work and it's Mm. quite satisfying actually to do something that involves your brain less and doesn't involve sitting in front of a laptop and actually that's a lovely break and i found when i was writing my last book which is a it's got recipes but it's a travelogue so it's sort of eighty five thousand words of basically run on copy and i found that quite a strange experience because i wasn't used to spending the whole day sitting down thinking and writing Mm. and once I got into it I enjoyed the process but it was a bit of an adjustment and I found interestingly that I couldn't break it up like I would writing articles and say do a mornings cooking and an afternoons writing, I had to do whole weeks at a time just of writing the book and mm-hmm. I had to go to, went to the British Library because I found that that was, you know a non-distracting space and I wasn't constantly thinking oh I could just test that recipe while I'm writing this brilliant so yeah that was I had to do a lot of columns in advance and then sort of say to my editor please stop emailing me <laughs> <laughs> luckily he's very nice but uh, yeah that was a weird actually and it, it it reminded me that what I do is quite is quite unusual
0: I'll segue onto the book there because it is
1: it's quite <laughs> nice. one
0: more croissant for the road yeah which saw you go off cycling around France I guess sort of different regions finding out the different recipes of the regions but you also rate croissants on Instagram don't you is that one of those things where you begin it and you think oh I'll just do this thing yeah it's just a joke everyone's like yeah oh you haven't rated your croissant today and you're like oh my god am I going to rate every croissant forever (laughs) yes you are yeah
1: so yeah that started off um I mean really the book and the croissant rating had the same sort of conception point in that in twenty seventeen I cycled from one end of France to the other with a friend who was uh to quit her job in publishing and was moving back down to the south of France to her family farm and she decided to cycle there for reasons unknown. And (laughs) one of the great things about being freelance was she asked me to go and I thought that's an absurd idea. I can't take that time off. And then I was like, Well you actually could take that time off, Mm. especially in August when things are really quiet in the journalism world and yeah, you can pick up a bit more work then if you're freelance, but also you everyone understands if you're away because most of the desk is away. And I just thought, yeah, you could totally take three weeks off. So I did. And while we were going along, because I'm a nerd and obviously I missed all of the, the rating food that I do in my <laughs> job, I decided to just start rating croissants as a bit of a joke. Brilliant. And people seemed to really enjoy the class already took it very seriously so that sort of carried on when I got back to London but I also thought when I was doing this ride because you get a lot of time to think when you're cycling this would I'd feel like A. I'm really enjoying this and I'd like to be paid a small amount to do it Mm. and B. I think it would make a really good book I was surprised and delighted when my agent agreed that it would make a good book um, sort of pressured me into putting together a proposal and then I did a trip just me for the most part around France the following summer so 2018 and cycling and eating stuff and sort of collecting classic French recipes along the way and then wrote it last autumn and then mm-hmm. it came out in this June in 2019 yeah. so yeah it was a bit of a, um, a long gestation period but
0: it's brilliant it's mm. such it's such a lovely book because it, it is that mixture of the travelogue and the recipes that brings a really nice mixture to it. I mm. think it's kind of, it's not just your journey around France, but then suddenly mm. you're just like, oh, hold on, we're going to talk about tatam now, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get to the important stuff yeah. now. <laughs> we're gonna yeah, we're going to get to the pastries and things. Talking about cycling there as well. I know you do a lot of exercise. We sort of talk about you do like, you cycle and you mm. run and stuff. And like I think we've joked in the past that you kind of said, well, I have to because I spend my whole time testing yeah. recipes. But also, do you find that exercise is a huge part of helping you as a freelancer? yourself balanced and you know it, does it bring a lot to your freelance life exercising and particularly cycling i guess
1: uh, definitely as i said and have said to you and i people in food often discuss this that you have to you have to exercise otherwise you would be the size of a house particularly <laughs> if it's just you know if you work in an office you've got lots of people to test stuff fine it is just me and i invite people around to try stuff or i take it into the guardian or whatever but sometimes it just you know some things don't travel like pavlovas you tried transporting a pavlova oh, so um and inevitably i just end up eating more than i ought to and a friend of mine who's also a, a freelance food writer harry eastwood said to me last year she was like you know baby, don't have to eat everything it's not you know food waste is terrible but you're in a quite a weird position here mm. and you don't have to eat anything it's not your moral duty yeah. and I was like oh that's true actually three yeah exactly so there is that and for example this morning I knew that I was going to be having nasi goreng with a fried egg on top for breakfast and I'd had two types of nasi goreng for dinner last night what's like, nasi
0: goreng? it's like know, an it
1: Indonesian fried rice dish oh, it's wow. super delicious for breakfast for breakfast mm. and I knew that that was happening so I was like I need to get up early and go for a run because otherwise I'm going to feel all for all day not because i feel guilty about food but just because you know it will sit heavily with me and i'll probably be quite tired having eaten all those carbs so um i went for a run this morning but i also find it really helpful if i'm sort of stuck with a in a writing inspiration rut if i can and if it's not pouring of rain i find it really helpful especially to go for a run because it's just that period of time like even if it's only half an hour I just it really clears clears your head and I find that so interesting and so running I can just really have things cycling through my head and quite often I don't listen to anything mm-hmm. if I've got something to think about and then suddenly it just comes you know the the way to start that article or whatever or the thread of argument just suddenly comes to me and then I sort of want to run home quickly and start it yeah let's stop and make some notes on my phone or something or if I just had a really rubbish day writing you don't feel Mm. you've achieved anything and you've eaten too many ginger nuts it's also a good way (laughs) to sort of you know have a little bit of restart because I work from home the vast majority of the time and you do get sort of stuck in Ooh. that rut and I find again exercise very helpful yeah. for that
0: because it can be the only time sometimes as a freelancer you get out of the house or the flat mm. in a whole day Yeah, but then having the dog probably comes into that as yes. well
1: yes no the dog is very helpful from that point of view he's not helpful mm. when you're on deadline and you're yeah. like oh really do you, do, can't you just hold on for a second yeah, <laughs> the garden. and he is very very patient I have yeah. to say that he's he just lies by the front door looking mournful and suddenly oh where's the dog gone <laughs> oh he probably wants to go out because he's lying there but yeah he helps me get out and I find that useful because also it means that you speak to people. And now that I find people don't phone you so much, mm, and so you know, and some people want to do if you're doing interviews for things, some people prefer to do it by email. And so it's actually nice to get out into the park yeah. and talk to people. So, yeah, he is helpful most of the time. He's good for your mental health. Yes, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true most of the time. So, we've talked a bit about
0: sort of Instagram and the, the croissant rating and everything. You have quite a lot of followers on Instagram, don't you? And I just wondered if you sort of feel as a freelancer and a, a person who, <laughs> you know, it's you and your freelance life, mm. both on on Instagram sort of to the world, as it were. And as we know, as freelancers, that's kind of, that's quite a blurred line between yeah. who you are and who you are as a, a writer and a sort of name. So do you find a challenge to produce content and live your best freelance life? Do you sometimes feel like, even if you're having a bit of a day of it, but you're like, but I should put something on
1: Instagram because... I should be jolly
0: do you sometimes feel that how do you cope with all the social media stuff
1: I find it really interesting and I don't know I haven't sort of got a thought out strategy because as you say I use my Instagram and social media in general just as if I'm talking most you know mostly Mm. to my friends yeah and people have said to me um you should be sort of slightly more focused in your content I mean the idea of calling it I, I get what content is mm. but i just i don't know, like, ooh. and you should only put you know if you look at the most successful instagram accounts they're all sort of very focused on one thing so just you know pictures of food or whatever
0: yeah
1: and then create a private one i'm like but i don't really i don't really want to do that it's a hassle for me to, mm. to swap between them i don't put anything super personal mm. on there but that's only as more because i don't want you know my Friends and family might not want their faces. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's not really a conscious decision, but I just, you know, I'm not that kind of person. That yeah, even in the days of you know Facebook's heyday, I wasn't the kind of person (laughs) that would put those posts about my personal life up anyway. But I do wonder where it will go. And people have said to me, oh. You should have a separate account for dog pictures, for mm. example. And then I think, well, again, a hassle for me. If you don't like the dog content, then you are so free to unfollow me. Like, yes, I don't yeah. feel that... I don't do any sort of sponsored content or anything mm. on there. It's not necessarily something I'd rule out, but it's something that, at the moment, hasn't really appealed to me. And so I think, like, you know, you're under no obligation to, to look at my stuff. Just unfollow me if you don't like the dog. The dog yeah. is quite a big part of my life. I don't really... Look at the number of followers because I don't see it. I do see it certainly as an, you know, a useful tool for work, mm. but I don't see it as part of my work. Okay. Really. I enjoy doing mm. it. But you're not obliged to do it for work, are you? No, so I'm not, not obliged, obliged to you talk to do You didn't put
0: it. any pictures on there of food you were cooking or...
1: Yeah, no, that's that not, a... not a... No, and it's interesting, it. actually, mm. I've never talked to my editors at The Guardian about how they feel. I know that they send me now the pictures that they've taken for my weekly column and I do generally put them up, mm. um, if I remember, if I'm not putting too many pictures of the dog. <laughs> but if I forget, they're not, they don't say anything. Yeah. I think that they just find it a sort of helpful adjunct. But maybe, I don't know, it's interesting interesting to think how how it will go in the future and whether Mm. i'll need to become more professional and be one of those people (laughs) that suddenly deletes all of that (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i don't i don't know i'm I'm sort of navigating that Mm. and i do think god i spend quite a lot of time on here and i make the excuse that it's part of my job and it is part of my job but also lots of people have it as a successful part of their job and don't spend so much time on it
0: but do you enjoy it because I feel like it looks like you enjoy it? I do really and enjoy I'm the same. it. Like, yeah. Sometimes you think, Oh, am I doing too much on stories or something? Yeah. I've done too many posts. I think, But I really like it. Like I used to, I'd i like to know if you're the same, whether you wrote a diary when you were growing up. But yes. I did. And yeah. For me, it's almost like someone's actually given me permission to like, yes. write my diary yeah. all the time with pictures. Yeah. It's like,
1: Whoopee! I just love it. And it is really useful actually looking back if you're trying to remember something in particular. Yeah. Just scrolling back through your feed and going, Oh, yeah, that day. Oh, I remember that now. And yeah, you're right. It is like a diary. And now I start worrying about what's going to happen when Instagram inevitably goes the way of um, MySpace etc oh my my treasures memories yes yeah no I I do enjoy it and I think that's the problem I worry I enjoy it too much and when stories came along and I finally got it which is probably about three years after stories arrived and I was like this is great because I can post loads of stuff and people have deliberately clicked on it Brilliant. But that's <laughs> helpful, isn't it? Because you do want... No point in existing in the world with no. no one knowing about it. Ex- Exactly. Did it really happen if it hasn't gone on Instagram? That's what I have to ask Exactly, myself. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tragically.
0: That's so true. No, I completely agree. And what would you say... What are the big challenges for you with freelancing? Like, Not sort of, you know, super negative or anything, but like, what are kind of the, the things that you find harder about it or the things that sometimes you might go, I oh, don't know if I'm loving the freelance mm. life. Is there anything that comes up for you?
1: I think the only thing, and I do sometimes think when I look at other people's lives or you're discussing like going away for something people are like oh no I can't I need to go around the weekend and I'm thinking who does anything at the weekend everything's really busy I do think I don't think I could go back to the to a, a proper employed office job where mm. I was expected to be in at a certain time and be there until a certain time even if actually I wasn't being productive because I was waiting for something else from someone else yeah so I love the freedom the flip side of that is that I end up working quite weird hours mm. and it might be better for me to have the discipline of you are at your desk at nine and you leave at six or whatever yeah because i quite often am quite slow to get going in the mornings so i'm always up i'm not people i say oh i just watch tv in my pajamas and i'm like well you wouldn't because you've got bills to pay so yeah, to but i'm quite yeah. yeah i i'm always up and dressed and you know sometimes even taking the dog out but I'm just quite unproductive in the mornings. You know, I'm answering emails and doing little bits. And then I started to get a fear about, you know, just about when Wolf wakes up for the afternoon right, like <laughs> half past four, when I really start going, God, I need to achieve something today. And I start writing. So I think it might be better for me because I quite often, last night, for example, I was doing a keynote slideshow for something I'm doing at a literary festival in a few weeks' time, in bed until midnight. And I was like, that's not really that healthy, is it? Oh, and I do end up doing a lot of working late because i live on my own as well so there's no mm-hmm. one to tell me like actually let's watch tv together or something you know wolf doesn't mind if i'm working until midnight. <laughs> yeah, bed, <cozy> up. <laughs> so i think that it's probably not great from that point of view but i do love the, on the flip side i love that i love the freedom mm-hmm. and i love the fact that yesterday afternoon i might not have been working quite so late if yesterday afternoon i hadn't gone on my way to chinatown to get the indonesian ingredients hadn't gone to Regent Street to try and find a new pair of jeans so (laughs) I mean the jeans definitely will be useful for work (laughs) but But yeah that's one of those things
0: that I've discussed with freelance friends as well is that whole if you run an errand during the day and I would consider buying jeans an errand also Mm, yeah (laughs) but you do anything for yourself you feel like you're bunking off or you feel like well you should be because I think you sort of you're programmed to think you should be sat at a desk if your job involves a desk or a computer in any way actually you might be in the gene shop like you were saying with the running and the cycling and suddenly be like oh I know what I should test next yeah or you know you'll see something else or you'll walk past a bookshop window and think ah then you, you need whatever cookbooks mm. out and sometimes th- things come to you and that's almost like a freelance bonus isn't it and yeah it's hard not to feel guilty yeah
1: even when you're doing
0: something in like at 3 pm and you're like, Well, I'm in a clothes shop at 3 pm, that's not allowed exactly. Yeah, and everyone else in never there, quite a
1: student. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Getting
0: 20, yeah,
1: uh, right. yeah. And then, but then I think, Well, how many Saturdays and Sundays have you worked? Mm. And actually, that's exactly. where most people are buying their jeans. So I try not to feel guilty about that, but I do think my work life balance would probably be better mm. if I had an office job. And then the other obvious thing, I got chicken pox. About four or five years ago. Oh, okay. And okay. actually, that was quite rubbish being mm. freelance because I still had to carry on work. Well, I'm sure if I didn't actually ask The Guardian about it because I get that fear, which I'm sure all columnists have, unless you're extremely mm. grand, you know, Felicity Cloak is away. I'm like, who are they going to get to fill in and will they do a better job? And suddenly they'll be like, yeah. they don't need me anymore. So I didn't take any time off for it. And actually what I hadn't really thought about is that chickenpox is a virus and it leaves you so exhausted. Yeah, especially
0: as an adult. Yeah, and it was
1: hardcore. And I got, you know, someone to take the dog and so that was fine. After (laughs) I realised I couldn't go to the park with like a scarf wrapped around my spotty neck. But it was just really exhausting and my lovely publishers sent me a big box of books going, up, you know, like, real wonderful sort of trash. And was mm. like, oh, we thought you might need something to do. And I like, looked at them and thought, God, I wish. <laughs> the idea of, like, lying in bed reading yeah. a book was wonderful. I was lying in bed with my laptop. Yeah. So that's the awful thing, this idea of if you get ill or, mm. you know, you have a baby or something, like, literally it's just you. Yeah. And that's quite a scary prospect. But, yeah, yeah they're quite small things. And I consider in terms of the balance that... I don't think I would go back to mm-hmm. having to go back on a Monday morning at nine. Yeah. when actually I could be doing shopping.
0: Yeah. It's easy to look back with Rose Tinted Spectacles, isn't it? Because you almost think, well, if I was in an office job and I had come outside, I'd call in sick and I'd tell them when I was coming back. But you'd probably then end up checking your emails anyway. Yeah. And if there was a project on the go at work, you'd probably end up having to, oh, can you come in on the call or yes, something? And you'd yeah. have to say, well, not a video call because I've got
1: pots. then the flip side... I love that you're talking about checking emails. I love the fact that I can be having a coffee on, you know, the top of a mountain mm. and then look at look at my emails and just reply and go, Oh yeah, I'd love to do that next that piece for you next week or whatever yeah. or you know can you do 70 words on this really quickly and I'm like yeah the coffee will take a while to <laughs> yeah, exactly. so I mean that always strikes me as such a luxury yeah. to be able to do that and I I'm, imagine that technology I mean I didn't go freelance yeah. until after actually no I got my first smartphone after I'd gone freelance and I do remember that freedom of standing in the waitrose queue because mm-hmm. obviously I do spend quite a lot of my time food shopping and realising that I could check my email just standing there, yeah. which now feels like sometimes a bit of a mixed blessing. But at the time I was like, this is amazing. Because I was very, at that point I was just freelance and I was constantly worried I was going to miss someone asking me mm. to do something. Oh, the fear of missing exactly. out on a client or a yeah. commission. Or and you couldn't go anything. out between like yeah. before like 11 o'clock because you needed to wait for all the conferences to have happened and yes. the commissions to go out and, Exactly. cetera, mm. now I'm like, well you can reach me anywhere so mm. I can be out in the park. Etc., yeah. so, so yeah. you're setting
0: out of office because that's made me think actually. I've really tried to start setting an out of mm. office more, but actually, I don't know that people do need to always know that you're not at your desk because often you're not at your desk anyway. Not you, one is not at one's desk, I yeah, so but that kind of thing where yeah, you can be like, Well, they don't need to know I'm out of the office for the day, yeah, if I am going to be somewhere where I can deal with correspondence. But do you think it's good for your you know mental health and well being to set an out of office and say, Actually. I'm off somewhere else right now. Won't be getting back to you today.
1: I I find it person extremely satisfying to mm. do that and to change the answer for her message, just because I like people to know they might not get an instant response, even mm. if they wouldn't, to be honest, have got an instant response anyway. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so control in it. Though, yeah, isn't there, but also I'm quite mm. bad still at saying no to any offers of work even Mm. if actually I haven't got the time to do it and so it comforts me that I don't have to feel guilty about you know they know I'm on holiday and it's already done that job for me and so they might say oh sorry I didn't realize you're on holiday as opposed Mm. to me going oh that does sound really interesting but I'm thinking oh could I do it over lunch or could I etc so I just it makes me feel a lot I've made that statement I'm away Mm -hmm. and therefore I will not be taking on, on any work Unless it's really lucrative.
0: <laughs> Funny you say about smartphones, because I think a lot of people sort of go, oh, technology, boo, you know, really negative. But actually, for me as a freelancer, and I don't know if you'd agree, like sort of like you were just saying a little bit, really, it gives me such a flexibility that I feel more relaxed a lot of the time because I know I can communicate with people if I need to mm. or kind of look something up or post on social media. I don't feel quite so nervous about it. It helps me get away from my desk in a lot of ways. Mm. Do you think it gets a bad rap sometimes?
1: I think if I worked in, I'm sort of, I love that French approach of, you know, you are not contacted when you're on holiday. Mm. You're not, you know, once you've left the office for the day, then you've left the office for the day. And I think that's great if you're employed. But similarly to you, Mm. I like the fact that I've just sat and checked my emails and I know there's nothing. you know waiting for me and no one's getting annoyed. I remember once sitting on a ski lift and sort of like taking my glove off very carefully just to look at my emails because people, someone kept ringing me, I could fit in my pocket. And I was like, You get that sick feeling like, what yeah. is it? You know, there's the dog falling down a precipice, or like, you know, has uh, have I forgotten a deadline mm. or whatever and it was someone from a piece that I'd actually filed about a month before and they now were subbing it and fact checking it and they urgently needed to know something and I was like great I could sort that out whereas without a smartphone I wouldn't have known until Mm. I got back to the hotel I suppose presuming I took a a computer with me on holiday and then that would have been too late for them and even though it was sort of not my fault you don't want that to be Mm. you know if it's something you can easily do without ruining your holiday then I it makes me feel a lot better yeah just feel like you're never really off duty as a freelancer which is sounds like a bad thing to say but yeah I think in general the the pros for me outweigh the cons but not being off duty I suppose is quite a con (laughs) yeah no it's true
0: I can relate to that and what do you do in your spare time to unwind as a freelancer apart from (laughs)
1: walking the dog and spare time cycling around France do i do in my spare i sort of feel like one of the things for me about being a freelancer is that because my job and my life Mm. and my interests sort of intersect in a very fortunate way you know things that i like i like going to new restaurants and Mm. stuff and seeing and quite often i do that with people that i've met through work who are now friends cycling as previously mentioned and i mean that is a proper you know i wouldn't say I love running to the degree that I'd call it a hobby the running is sort of I find it helpful cycling I genuinely love I feel like I don't really have that much I was was thinking of it the other day and I was like do I have hobbies? Yeah, I don't really have hobbies. Um, which really sounds tragic, but it's true. I'm afraid. <laughs>
0: I love that we'll side
1: as we say. Yeah.
0: Do we have hobbies? He's like, excuse me, I am your hobby. Yeah, <laughs> he do, he does
1: take up quite a lot of time. Yeah, he's good. Um, so travel. But even with travel, you often end up thinking, oh, I could write a piece about that. Yes. So <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, there's there's no sort of beginning and end. Really no. A, no. Luckily, yeah. So luckily, yeah. I do something fun
0: because it's always <laughs> otherwise it'd be work. depressing. Yeah. Tell me about um the events because you talk a lot at events, don't you? You talk at sort of festivals and I is, talk a lot in general. Do you enjoy yes. that? Is it quite nice to get out and? I mean, it's nice to just go somewhere for work and think, Please? well, being paid to talk.
1: When you do it in a sort of cost per, you know, price per hour thing, it's like, oh, you just took off two days basically to mm. go to Devon, and talk for an hour. You know, <laughs> and you sell some books and it's great, and you have a really nice time. So i've realized you can't think of it like that it's good you know it's good for your book sales and for your name and actually it's a nice experience i love that i'm a very i suppose as a journalist it's unsurprising i'm a very nosy person i like to go Mm. to new places i like to look at things and learn about places and talk to people and so i do enjoy it and also it reminds me i do and this is also true i do food writing classes for the guardian oh yes master classes Mm. and Every time I come away from one of those, it's sort of three hours of me talking at people. And I come away really enthusiastic, sort of buzzing, because they're so excited about the idea of food writing. And I remember that I'm really lucky to do what I do and for people to... Because quite often, I think, obviously, it's it's very common, particularly amongst women, that imposter syndrome thing. Oh, God, yeah. And then when you're telling people about pitching stuff or subbing stuff or, you know, um, editing your own words you realise that you do know stuff and you pick stuff up and, you know, people will, you know, find your advice valuable and that's just a real buzz. So I I almost always come away from any sort of event feeling quite sort of adrenaline nice. rush like yay, I'm yeah, i'm really lucky yeah which is nice and you also get biscuits in the green room generally excellent
0: <laughs> cool oh thank you so
1: much um,
0: let's just tell everybody how they can see more about what you do where <laughs> they can read you would you like to tell them sort of, uh, yeah i'm very how can they find you on social media
1: and where should they buy your book so on social media of all almost all persuasions i am just felicity cloak so very simple if you don't like dogs don't feel obliged to follow me um there's a lot of food in there as well and then i write a weekly column for the guardian which goes into the paper on saturdays in the feast supplement and goes online the following wednesday and i'm in the new statesman every month my books are all available in good bookshops and the latest one is one more croissant for the road which would make an excellent christmas present oh i
0: would be <laughs> for all croissant and cycling lovers Indeed. Thank you so much for listening. My absolute pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening
0: to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. You can find Freelance Feels online at www.freelancefeels.com and on Instagram and Twitter at freelance underscore feels. Please do share and rate the podcast if you've enjoyed it. Thank
1: you.